Welcome back to Onto the Ball. I'm Scott and I'm joined as always for every Liverpool podcast by James O.B. O'Brien. Liverpool 3, Brentford 0. The scoreline suggests it was quite comfortable, but I don't think it was. It was um, it was a bit of a tetchy game, wasn't it, O.B.? End-to-end, Brentford has some chances. We seemed uh, hell-bent on giving them opportunities to get back into the game. Alisson was his incredible best. Um and after us pretty much writing him off on Friday night on the match preview, I thought Simicast was my man of the match. What do you think to that? Yeah, yeah Simicast was really solid, had a good game. And it, it kind of shows that just what one bad game or a couple of bad games here and there doesn't make them bad players. It means that they can bounce back. They're obviously in that squad and Klopp trusts in them players for a reason. And he knows that he can get the best out of them any one given day. And it's it's just a case of, the guy was really, really good. He looked good going forward. He looked particularly good defensively, um, and looks like he's he, he's a proper player at points. He really does. <laughs> he got credited a couple of assists. Definitely, the first one was an assist. Uh, I'm not too sure about the Jota third goal. He got an assist for that, but that was all Jota. Um, but yeah, Klopp seemed to spring a bit of a surprise in the team selection. Obviously. Diaz, uh, I'm not sure where his head's at, but he was left on the bench. But he decided to start Gakpo um, in the number eight in the absence of the suspended Alexis McAllister. Endo had his first Premier League start since Newcastle away, which we won 2-1. Uh, I don't think he's played in the league or started anyway since that game. So it was a big shout from Klopp putting him in the in the centre of the park. And to be fair, uh, I'm not just going to bash him for no reason. I thought he'd done quite well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the, the system itself made it more difficult for him, I would suggest. Um, but I think overall, I think he done really well. I think he used his his, his natural attributes um, and what he's good at. So um, covering a decent amount of space, um, being quite defensive and making sure he's, he's a shield. So I thought he done well. I think he done all right. Um, yeah, he can be pleased with his afternoon's work. Um, Mo Salah. Obviously, we said that he's he's had a few quiet games. He's, he's had another quiet game today, really, um, by his standards anyway. And he's come away with two goals. You'll take that, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. And then two really good goals as well. So yeah. um, he's he, the, the first one is a typical Salah finish, isn't it? Um, he's just a really, really, really good finisher at points. And although what I would say is he missed an absolute sitter at one point as well. So, uh, I don't know. You get what you get from him. The numbers are amazing. I had a conversation with my oldest son earlier, just sort of saying, at what point do we consider him to be better than Suarez? Because we're both blown away by Suarez a long time ago. The fact of the matter is, he, he already is. He already is. He just, in pure numbers, he's far, far ahead. And um, he continues to, to, to perform to a really high level. Um, I'm just getting the team up now to show it. Um, so yeah, Nunes has been given an 8.3 here. Jota, Gakpo, yeah, he's showing in the center of the park with Endo and Sobislai. Matip was a bit of a call. I'm not sure if Kanate was injured, um, or ill. Did I see he's got illness or something saying he was yeah. missing? Yeah, no, I mean, I no, I like Joel Matip anyway, so I'm quite I do. comfortable with Joel Matip. So um, I'm probably have him over Canati at this point in time, just still. Um, and in the big games, I think you can turn to him easier. So I'm comfortable with that selection um, when it happens. I think at his best, Joel is 
brilliant. He's probably a little bit over the peak of his powers, but he's still a really, really good defender. And positionally, he's probably one of the best. Yeah, I can't, I can't disagree with you. I'm, obviously, everyone knows I'm a big Joe Matip fan. Uh, football's crazy like that, isn't it? Because he's, he's only a year older than Harry Maguire. And there's talks of Harry Maguire going to like West Ham in the summer for 30 million. Obviously, still gets in the England squad. But Joe Matip is better than Harry Maguire on his worst day. Never mind on his best day. Um, but just because Joe Matip come to Liverpool on a free transfer, it kind of makes him worthless. Like, he's crazy like that, isn't it? When did he come? Was it 2016, Scott? I think it was, yeah, right at the start of Klopp. So yeah, yeah so we got him, on, got him on a freebie and we were, he was brought in and I hadn't seen him before he joined and it was like, a, he can play he can play centre-back, but he can also play defensive midfield. I've never really seen him play defensive midfield, but what I would say is his runs out from the back are a massive part of his game. His position is a massive part of his game and you can see why he's... It, although he doesn't necessarily come across it in some of the interviews and stuff I've seen, he comes across as on the pitch as quite a, quite uh, an intelligent player and positionally, and he understands what he needs to do every single game. Did you see his yellow card that he got? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Did you see him? <laughs> yeah, that's going to get turned mad. into a meme, isn't it? Yeah, he was going crazy, weren't he? He's, he's, he's and that's what he got the yellow card for is is yeah. uh, protest to the ref, which is a little bit unfair. But we've always said it as long as the refs are consistent in doing that, which they haven't been. Obviously, we were quick to point out um, errors that VAR and the ref haven't been consistent with this season because it's all it's ended up a bit of a mess with VAR. Um, but VAR was heavily involved again today. Nunes, uh, he was unplayable today, OB. I put it in the group chat. He was on top form doing exactly what Nunes does the best. And he's come away with no goals, but he had two ruled out for offside the second one was a, a perla that overhead kick a bit like Robbie Fowler against Charlton way back cool. in 2001 was it to get his Champions yeah. League qualification after the treble yeah yeah down at the valley yeah last game of the season I think we ran out and won that 4-0 or something didn't we in the end but yeah I, it, yeah. It, it, it was very similar to that um he he's powerful he's strong when he's on his game he's brilliant um he, he, he he frustrates me sometimes, though, Scott, and he frustrates you as well, I know. But it's like you've almost come to accept that that's part of his game. What I'd like to see is more consistently um, better performances from him. Um, I want to see his levels at a really high level and his finishing improving over time. And for me, we've got a hell of a footballer there. Absolutely. And for me, you can tell the other Liverpool players love playing with him. Him and uh, Salah have obviously hit it off. Um, you can tell they appreciate all the running, the hard work that he does. Obviously, from rivals' point of view, they'll point at the chances that he missed. He could do with putting a few more away just to silence some of the critics. Um, but everything else is all round play. What he brings, it's just it's incredible. Um, I'm just going to jump into the comments. Trav's on OB prediction. Uh, I don't think it was Trav. I think OB said three one. Yeah, I was, I was, was out. I was, I was, I was hoping that Brentford got a late consolation at the end with that free kick, Trav, um, <laughs> and I'd have been bang on. But yeah, I wasn't far off. I think, I think the way the game was going to go, I thought we had enough to score a few goals against them. Um, we probably should have scored a few more if we're being totally honest. But yeah. you, you can't argue a good three 0 win against a team that showed decent form recently. They are a problem for everybody, Brentford, because they don't come and sit back. They come and have a bit of a go. They cause you problems defensively. 
and I think that's a that that's a massive banana skin that we've avoided there, and we've scored a few goals at that moment. Um, all we've got hope now is that Chelsea. I mean, the game's about to start, but Chelsea go and batter City today by four goals, and we'll be top going into the international break. There you go. <laughs> Let's get the standings up. Uh, why wait? Uh, second. Second on goal difference with Man City and Arsenal. It's all hotting up at the top. Spurs obviously dropped yesterday, done everyone a favour um, to silence the Spurs fans for a week at least after Ange Postacoglu got his third manager of the month trophy in three months. Um, so, yeah, that was good. Um, Josh from True Goon has joined. Great win for you, lads. Cheers for joining, Josh. Legend. Yeah, it was a great win. Feels nice that league table, doesn't it, OB, to be back up there again? Feels like feels like we can go into an international break and reset, and then come back, and then uh, let, let's see what happens. Because every single one of these international breaks, it's almost like the season has to start again. You almost start again from nothing, and to just be in a good position is really, really important. I would like to see City drop some points, so we're right, right in it, and we go into a real feel-good factor. But if they don't, they're only three points ahead, and that's only a that's that's the first game when we come back. So. We go there, we do them, and we're on top of the table. Let's do it, man. What a game that's going to be. Um, Trav said, Slabhead's back. Come on, 80 million snip. Look to snip yesterday. I was happy, Trav. I've got uh, Maguire and my FPL team, so I'll mop up that clean sheet. No problem. Barry's joined. Cheers for joining again, Barry. Top man. Uh, a fantastic win for Liverpool. Nice to be above Arsenal in second place in the league. All we need is a Chelsea win today against Man City, I presume. Um, yeah, look, if Chelsea can pull this off today, it would do everyone a favour. But um, for now, Liverpool are at the top of the league. I don't care if it's on goal difference. I don't care if Man City have still got to play. We're top of the league. So I'll take that all day long. Um, Liverpool, I mean, we were all over them. Let's be honest. It it was comfortable looking at the scoreline. But Brentford, like you say, they, they had chances just getting in behind us. And as you just alluded to, Obi, they're a, a real team, a serious team in the Premier League, aren't they? And as I mentioned on the last podcast, we're making these teams that are looking decent, Villa, West Ham, Brentford, we're turning them out into training games. And we've put three past all of them. And all of them teams are decent football teams. So... Um, there's, a lot, there's a lot to be positive about there. I think um, I think with the the quality that we've got, we've, our goal scoring is not going to be a problem. I think that in the big games, our goal scoring is not going to be a problem when we come in to face these teams in and around us. I think it'll be a case of how defensively we're going to keep them out, and that's going to be the focus of probably what Klopp will be focusing on during the international break with the players who are still around, and he'll be thinking about how he's going to make sure he holds City out in that game when we come back, because that's going to be really, really key. Well, it's going to be a humongous game. I can't wait for it already. Um, today, I know I keep saying it, but why not? It's it's just an easy assumption, an easy uh, opinion, sorry. Virgil van Dijk is back to his best, Obi. If anyone, yeah. if rival fans don't put him in the top three centre-backs in this whole league, they're just being salty and bitter. He's back to his best. Can, can I be totally honest? I don't care what rival fans think. Unless, <laughs> unless they've got a balanced opinion and they come across as someone who will give credit um, in the right way. And, they, and they, when you hear people going this, that and the other about Virgil van Dijk, they, weren't, they, weren't, they didn't mention him when he was at his absolute peak. It's just the negative side of it. If they've talked about how good he was 
I'll then listen to about how he's dipped in form and, and the reasons behind it. But for me, he's lost a little bit of pace since the injury, but he is, he looks back to his best. We talked about it on on Friday and we were we were clear it's like he is back to his best. He's not quite as quick as he was probably three years ago, but you know what? He's absolute quality. He really is. And and the other guy that stuck out today is Jota. Now, you talked about this on Friday, and I've been thinking about it ever since, that when we talk about our best Liverpool eleven, Jota's in nobody's. Mm-hmm. I don't believe he's ever let us down. And he's a no. big game player. He scores great goals. And that goal today, that's a corker. An absolute corking yeah. goal. And he just doesn't get the credit he deserves. We do have five top, top strikers. And start considering that Klopp will pick whoever's best in training, whoever's got the little niggles that never come out into the into the press, and he'll pick the right team and we'll just score goals. And if we don't score them in the first 60 minutes, we'll bring on another two guys who can score them as well. You know what I mean? It's so It's just a brilliant problem to have. We've got no issues up front at all. And we're going to score three goals at home against most of these type level of teams who are very, very good. And I think in the Premier League, much improved some of these teams are. The teams who sort of sit 10th to 7th, you know what I mean? That sort of area. Yeah. We're, we're battering them this season at home. But they they are of a high level and have been causing other teams a lot of problems, haven't they? So it's all it's all good. It's really, really good. Well, Brentford, like we said, they were on a hot streak of form. They won the last three. It should have been the last four. Um, they should have won at Old Trafford. Let's be serious, Trav, if you're still watching. Um, yeah, so they were building up ahead of steam. And like Obi just said, there's like all these teams, they're, they're flying in the league. Um, Brighton have stumbled a little bit. They drew today against Sheffield United. But Aston Villa, uh, did you hear that on the TV? No team apart from Man City has won more Premier League games this calendar year than Aston Villa. How on earth is that correct? It can't be correct. It's mad, but it's, it's the home record is absolutely imperious, isn't it? They're, they're beating it and battering everybody at home and uh, they look absolute quality at home. They really do. They look like that's a real fortress. Um, they've got the fans up at home. They look like they're really, they're unbeatable uh, at Villa Park, which is it goes a massive way to being exactly where they want to be as a club, so fair play to them. Um. Trav says he thinks Klopp's rotating the squad well. Um, he he kind of has to. He's he's got a few issues coming along. Like obviously McAllister was suspended with the yellow cards. Gravenberg's picked up a knock. Um, who else is it? Obviously Andy Robertson. You've got Simicas filling in at left back. Yeah. Um, but you know we are utilizing the squad well. Harvey Elliott again, he keeps coming on. He never puts a foot wrong. He's a real impact player from the bench. He's probably unlucky not to be getting a start um, or more yeah. in the Premier League. Absolutely. So, we also we've also got Jones and Thiago and, yeah. and these guys who are, are currently not available. So there's, there's a little bit there going on. But but for me, I mean, I think I think Gakpo plays an advanced midfield role really really well. It's borderline at times. It looks like it's a four-two-four, but it's not. He is playing the most advanced, and he's playing in just behind. But he links well, um, links well with the uh, with the, the other two midfielders as well, and brings the ball in between the lines into into the advanced advanced positions really, really well for the players. So um, the attacking players. So I, I think he does a good good job in that position. It's really interesting. He can play it so well. Because if you remember right back to when we bought Bobby Firmino, 
that's the sort of role he played as an attacking midfielder. And we've almost created a striker. And he reminds me so much of Bobby in so many ways. His movement, his link-up play, his style. Um, and we've literally bought his replacement, haven't we? If he can be half as good as Bobby, then we've signed a good one, haven't we? And what a snippet. What was it, 36 million or something? Um, he, I mean, I dipped into Twitter just before full time and he was getting a bit of negative comments, Gakpo, saying they expected more from him this season. He's, he's not been doing too well. And, and I don't see it. Like, I, I, I rate him highly. And it's the same. It was one of the Twitter accounts that's basically saying Andy Robertson's finished. And I don't see that either. I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with Robertson and there's definitely nothing wrong with Gakpo. I love him. I think people go looking for attention, don't they, as well, on a, on particularly on Twitter. And they go looking for controversial opinions that will get a little bit of stirring. I mean, for me, I would, I would say Gakpo's a good, been good this season. He hasn't been great, but he hasn't played in some of the games. So it's very difficult. And even today, he wasn't playing in what I would consider to be his best position. He was a makeshift attacking exactly. midfielder and he done, he done a really good job so I'm I'm comfortable what he did I'm comfortable with all three of the midfield three they played well today um, he did more than enough and anyone who's criticising a team that goes out and wins 3-0 it's a bit ridiculous really against a good Brentford team so for me win 3-0 absolutely brilliant going to the international break full of confidence lots to work on um, for the players who are still going to be around Lots of uh, Klopp to think about and analyse and try to strategise around this uh, ridiculous um, early kickoff that we've got on the Saturday again after an international break. Um, and it's going to be tough. And ultimately, it's, it's about us being in a position where even if we don't get anything out of that game, we're still in and around their positions. And, and we will be because we're doing enough against these other teams at this point in time. It's one of them games, isn't it? You'd take a draw because it's at the Etihad. But yeah. also, if we get beat by them, as long as we beat them at Anfield, it's like it's a, a six-pointer, three points apiece. So not much damage will be done. It's Basically, the league's not going to be won or lost um, on that Saturday morning, half 12. Uh, do, Barry's is on goal difference. Do you think, sorry, yeah, sorry. Um, do you think we are title race yet? Do we want to say them words? Or do you think it's... I mean, going back to sort of last season when United were in the title race at one point and they were never really in it and we all kind of knew that and even like I mean Tra Trav was quite clear about that um, when we actually spoke to him he said well, we're never really in it even though you're close point wise do you think it's something that we should be aspiring to or do you think it's like uh, this season it's about top four and getting as close as we can to City and then we crack on again next season would you say that would be a, a, a good season <sighs> If I have to, deep down in my heart, we're not in a title race. Yeah, I agree. I don't think we are. Obviously, we're up the top of the league. We're winning home games, which is so important if you've got any ambitions for um, for success, a successful season. I'm yeah. still a bit iffy about our, our away record. Um, I'm still, I think we've, although we've got a few injuries at the minute, if we have an injury to Van Dyke, an injury to Salah, an injury to Allison, it's game over. Any of them players. And, you know, whereas Man City, Man City have rarely got a player that's played more than 30 league games every year. Hardly any of their players play more than 30 league games. For us yeah. or Arsenal to get lucky and win a league, nick a league off them, yet relying on Salah and Saka 
playing 38 games a season. You're relying on Saliba and Van Dijk playing 38 games. I mean, that's a lot. That's We just have not got the strength in depth. But also, you're hoping for some helping hand off other teams. You're hoping for other teams to take points off City, like Wolves did. And who else did they get beat by? Arsenal. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, look, would I put money on Liverpool winning the league? No, I wouldn't. Do I think it's possible we could win the league? Yes, I do. Because sometimes it can just be a feeling that goes around the club. I mean, Arsenal had it last season and painfully for their fans fell away. But you just get something, a bit of momentum going and you get into February, March and you start looking around thinking, I tell you what, this is on. We've played a lot of away games against top teams. We've done Spurs away. We've done Chelsea away. We've done Brighton away. We've done Newcastle away. I mean, they're four really tough away games. So really, we've only got Man City away, Arsenal away. Uh, Man United away is always tough, regardless of form. Um, anything's possible. If, if Arsenal are in a title race, aren't they? Yes, they are. They are. If Arsenal I, are, I then think, we are. But I don't I think, think we've got got a chance. No, I, I don't think we've got any more chance or less chance than Arsenal, for being totally honest. I think City will win the league. I think we all kind of know that. But what mm. I want to do is I want to see how close we can get and whether we can strike some of them... You remember that 17-18 season when we struck some moral blows against them? So we, we beat them a couple of times. We beat them at home in the league. We beat them away in the Champions League mm-hmm. and at home in the Champions League. And we and it felt like, although we actually finished fourth that season and lost in the European Cup final, it was like, we're, we're close. You know what I mean? And now it's almost like you're looking for that type of 17-18 season again, where we burst here on the scene. We become... The, the development club, we become the club that everybody's talking about. And I think that um, that's what I'm, I almost like I'm hoping for this season. Don't get me wrong. If we're still in the still in and around it in March, I'll be getting really excited. But I think I know deep down that when it gets to the business end, City will go and win seven, eight, nine games on a row if they need to. And they'll probably blow everybody away and, and, and they'll have too much for everybody else. So I'm kind of hoping for a, Let's get as close as we can. Let's build into next season. And then let's see where we are next year. And if we can make a good addition around, say, someone like a uh, a top defender or someone who's going to make a difference in a game, a, a starting 11 difference maker um, in, in midfield, possibly. Um, let, let, let's see what we get. That's what Trav just said on the comments. Get a utility defender like Timber and a top DM. That's going to be the million-dollar question come January, isn't it? It'll be, well, obviously heavily linked with a, a DM. It looks like Andre has gone cold, whether that we've shifted our focus to somewhere else. But I'd be shocked if we didn't sign a DM by the end of January, would you? Do you think it might be um, Calvin Phillips? The rumours are building, aren't they? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, sure. I don't. It won't be a loan, will it? They won't loan a player to us to strengthen us. It would have to be a purchase. What kind of price is getting touted? I don't know. Um, I'm sure he's 28, if if not nearly 28 as well. Ob, you know my feelings on them. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I mean, I've I've had this argument with Trav and Casemiro. Yeah, Trav was saying like Casemiro it was a good signing. And I said, he is a good signing. Like he would go in and compliment an already successful team, but Ten Hag's looking to build for the next five years. So for that yeah. reason, Casemiro was the wrong age, the wrong signing to spend that type of money on. 
that I wasn't saying he was a rubbish player. Of course he's not. He's like scooped European cups for fun. Um, yeah. But if a 28-year-old Calvin Phillips comes into this Liverpool side who are already successful, that are already nearly there, if we say, um, I'd prefer him to Endo, put it that way. So I wouldn't be dead against it. Like the Endo signing made no sense at all any way you looked at it for me. I could not believe it was happening. I was more angry at us signing Endo than I was at us signing Andy Carroll back in 2010, was it? Like I was <laughs> furious. Um, if I wasn't in Florida, I'd have drove to Anfield and spoke to Kenny Dalglish and Damien Camoli and say, please stop this madness. Endo infuriated me even more because we went from Caicedo one day to Endo 48 hours later and it was like, no. The strangest part of when we bought Carol, thinking back on that time, was when um, Daglish took him to a, was it a boys' own concert? <laughs> Something like, like someone that. Like that. I don't like think he took him there. Were they not? Is it not just lucky they were both there at the same time or something? I think Daglish took him there for the night. <laughs> They sat next to each other. I'm sure it's something like that. I'm sure someone in the in listening in will know the ins and outs of it. I think it was Westlife, and I think that Daglish took him to a Westlife concert. And it's just the weirdest moment, honestly. It's just like surreal. That's almost weird as weird as Jurgen Klopp and Virgil van Dijk negotiating on the Big Dipper in Blackpool. Remember, <laughs> he met yeah. in Blackpool, and apparently they were yeah. went on the roller coaster. Yeah, um, very, very strange. Very strange. There must be some method behind it because we got both of the signings over the line. Of oh, I, I do think there's one of them that we wish we probably didn't. Yeah, um, Barry said also agrees we need a DM. I want Taram and make him into a six. I don't know much about Taram OB. Do you? Yeah, is he the dude, one that gets that... in the France squad? Yeah, he is that his yeah, brother? He's... No, I think it's him. I think it's him. You're testing me now. I think it's him, but he's, he's quality, and I think you could make him into a six. Um, but I, I do think that we we need to find someone from somewhere, and I think I'm sure that Klopp will be out looking for the perfect number six. He hasn't bought his, his ideal number six for eighteen million quid at the age of thirty, whatever he is years years old. Has he? What he's done is he's bought a stopgap, and at the end of the day, is uh, it be a squad player? Good to have around the squad. James Milner style, you know what I mean? Just have him around. Um, and that's what Endo's there to do, play the old game. And he, he played today and he performed well. So, you know what I mean? There's, there's a little bit of payback there as well. So he'll be looking around, looking for the right number six. Just always interesting though, because some of the best number sixes are converted into sixes. So they ever come out of playing at the back or they go back from playing further forward. So it'll be interesting to see if he's got any, his eye on anybody and he can see anybody around that we, he can do that with. Absolutely. Um, he done all right today, Endo, apart from that challenge. Did you think that was a red card? The more no. the, the, the VAR kept playing on yeah. a loop, every time I was thinking, I'll tell you what, I could see this being a red card. If Curtis Jones's was a red card. I have a feeling the, cam the camera angle kind of helped him a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was a... I, I don't think it was a red card. I think he's just about got away with it. I don't think he quite went in there with the same intensity, the same height, but the camera angle wasn't very favourable for knowing for sure and being 100% sure to turn over, was it? It was kind of, they kept showing it, but you didn't really see the contact properly. It was weird. Yeah, if so, it was more uh, to the side, you might have seen the studs go onto his knee yeah, and he could have yeah, been in yeah. big trouble. But I think the worst bit about that was that the ref was right there. The camera angle showed that the ref was directly looking at it. 
And this is yeah. in the commentator on the stream I was watching. He commented, he said, why are they even looking at this? Look, the referee is right there and he's done nothing. I thought the whole point of VAR is clear and obvious and they're not re-refing the game. And I thought that's a great comment because that's exactly what VAR tried to do. Paul Tierney couldn't have been in a better position. No, no, absolutely. And it's it's difficult with VAR because they haven't they haven't really got the ducks in a row um from a from an officiating quality perspective. They're actually getting worse. The yeah, the referees yeah. are, are doubting themselves more and more and more. I don't think they know the rules anymore. I don't think they know what they should be doing, <laughs> how they should be behaving. They haven't got it clear in their own minds. They're getting instructions from web that seems to be changing on a weekly basis and there's no consistency, there's no continuity. And it, it, it's the same old crap officials that we had years ago um, with less, less confidence and unsure of what the rules are anymore. So it's never going to get better. Crazy, isn't it? Uh, Barry says, we're not in a title race, but Pep thinks we are in a title race. He prefers Liverpool to Arsenal as challengers. Um, this game, I mean, it just grows in magnitude every time you think about it in two weeks' time after the international break. But what... Uh, an adrenaline shot it would be for us, certainly in terms of belief, um, to go to the Etihad and get the three points. Do you think the Liverpool squad, because obviously we had that golden spell from 2018 to 2020, where we we felt like we were the best team in the world. Um, yeah. We actually won the Club World Cup, so you could argue we were the best team in the world, won the European Cup, won the league. Like We were just there. Do you think the squad still feels like they're there now and they're in a title race, or do you still think, or do you think this is kind of Liverpool 2.0 that Klopp's building, and we're still maybe like Trav alluded to earlier, a defender, a top DM away from completing the squad and then being right, we're we're competing. I think there's a lot of guys who haven't experienced winning the league in the starting eleven, um, and we've got to take that into account. Um, I think that. That confidence comes from winning and actually being on top and, and being the best team around. Um, but belief's a strange thing because if you believe, if you actually truly believe it, you're more likely to achieve it. We all know that. So it's like they they had real belief, that, that team, and they got themselves into a position where they got a couple of big, massive wins against City and they thought, we could do this. And... Um, we actually believe in it. And you almost need that, almost that big moment where you go into a game, you're confident, you smash them down. And to go there to a, the, the Etihad's in, in a couple of weeks and, and do that would be absolutely huge for the club. And it will give the guys the confidence. Um, I'd love a win there. I would absolutely love it if we win there. Um, Trav says they may not sell if you're in a tighter race. Um, I'm sure he's on about Calvin Phillips. Um, yeah. I don't know Absolutely. if they've got to balance the books, Trav. Um, and also, if we come knocking, Calvin Phillips as well has got ambition himself. He might say, look, Pep, you're not playing me at all. I'm never getting in ahead of Rodri. I want this move. Um, it could happen because obviously he sold to Zinchenko and Gabriel Jesus to Arsenal, to his old mate Arteta, made them a lot stronger. So you never know. We'll have to see what happens. And he's, um, he sold um, he sold Cole Palmer as well, didn't he, to Chelsea when he knew yeah. that they'd gone out and spent a lot of money. He didn't know they were going to have the sort of uh, rickety start to the season they ended up having. But um, that that seemed like a bit of a risk as well. So I think he, he for the right price and the right situation, I think he would. But um, yeah, it might be a bit more difficult when it comes around to uh, that point of the season where it's like the title race and then you've got to make all 
Is that your phone ringing while you're on it? <laughs> no, that's um, that's uh, Oscar's uh, iPad, oh, unbelievably. Yeah. Right. Nice one, OB. Liverpool, top of the league. Have I still got this slide here? Have I? Yes. There we go. Just one more time. Liverpool, top of the league. Uh, Man City's kicked off. I'm not sure what the score is yet, but me and OB are going to watch it. Um, but Liverpool, top. It's, it's, it's nil-nil. Goal difference. Nil-nil, 18 minutes gone. Pretty even game so far. Chelsea have had a few moments. So have City. So, uh, yeah, looks looks not a bad game. Um, hoping to see uh, Chelsea score a few and, and get Liverpool top for the international break. Yes, I like the sound of that. Um, <laughs> nice one. Anyone that's made this far, always don't forget to like and subscribe. And me and Ob and Trav and Rob and Naz. Hope I haven't left anyone out there. We'll see you on the next Liverpool Man United Arsenal podcast. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Cheers, Ob. Cheers, guys. Oh, you beauty! What a headshot! <laughs>